He's the host, friends, that's about to do the lowest viewed paper cake show in history, but he doesn't care and has the audacity to introduce himself. It's uh, Jonesy Loves Beer. This is the Paper Keg Show, episode 192. You know, this show, uh, you know, we read comic books every week uh, instead of caring about our families. Me especially, uh, I hate spending time with them and just love to curl up with an iPad and read books. Uh, Later in the show, the book club will be Underboss. So you might ask yourself, what qualifies us for you to give an, a rat's s about what we have to think about comic books? Well, first off, guys, we have a comic book pro. He's in the biz. He might be a VP of customer service. Uh, he's certainly VP of having a large Polish head. He's slim. He's with us tonight. Slim, introduce yourself. Thanks, uh, Jonesy. It's a pleasure. That intro has driven me to tears, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> That's why he's the leader, folks. Uh, our next host, uh, don't uh, adjust your vision. While I'm in widescreen, he's in shawl screen. He is wrapped up tight uh, like the papoose, and he is ready to podcast about comics. Dale underscore A, the people's champ. Welcome back to the show. Uh, it's great to be back. I mean, luckily... What is this? What are we listening to? This is uh, RDJ, Iron Man himself, uh, singing with Sting at his live 60th birthday bash. So, Dale, please continue. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else. I, I don't know what I should say because, I, you know what? I've, I've made an observation, and uh, I'm surprised you didn't introduce me as the, uh, the psychopath of the uh, bunch because uh, anything I tend to like you seem to turn into complete like I uh, I would anything I like I would trap in my basement <laughs> like Alton Brown just because I know Alton Brown's live schedule you two and one uh, Scotty Young of all people gets in on it and, and treats me <laughs> like uh, like I have Alton Brown down in a well same thing happened with Chris Somney. Like, I, I just can't like things, you know? So, uh, by the way, psych- show psychopath. Great, uh, great point. Scotty Young uh, joined us last week. A terrific episode. Uh, I would recommend that you probably stop listening to this one and uh, go listen to the Scotty episode. And uh, thanks again, uh, Scotty Young, for your time and for your vacuum cleaners. Uh, so, big news in the paper keg world slash family. I'm talking about March 28th. Allegedly, something's going to happen on that date uh, in regards to Paper Keg. We don't know yet what it is. Uh, as far as we know, only the three of us will be there, wherever that is. Mm. Uh, so stay tuned for some uh, delicious catcher artwork uh, regarding the thing that may or may not happen on March the 28th. But look, we're running out of tape. I can I can I just say one thing? Sure. I gotta pause. Okay. Josie, I am so proud of how this is going. <laughs> you were born to host a podcast. No, I can't even believe really what was. I'm hearing. You were just trying this to This is falter. like you've been 
you've been recording pirate radio in your basement uh-huh. for the last 10 years waiting for this moment. I can't believe what I'm hearing. I'm, I, I'm smitten. You are totally wrong. Uh, and you're just trying to get out of hosting duties. And uh, I regret to Can inform it be you it both? will not work. Can it be both compliment <laughs> and trying to retire from hosting the show? Uh, we'll have to check the table on that one. So what do we do here, folks? We do a roundtable discussion of the books that we are reading. And uh, I regretfully chose the books this week for my two friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dale, why don't you talk about one of your two books? Well, this week was a big week in comics. I mean, you know, obvious Spider-Gwen aside, we're talking about expansion of imprints, Archie Comics, new imprint. Um, what was it? I can't even remember what it was. Black something? Dark, Dark Circle Comics. I was going to say Black Circle Comics, which would have been half right. Uh, I read The Black Hood published through Dark Circle Comics. Uh, Dwayne Swierzynski, local writing, who is uh, no stranger to comic books, Cable and Deadpool, did a couple DC books, I believe, and a couple other Marvel books. Does uh, some Dark Horse books, um, X being one of them. And Michael Gatos, which we have seen before in the likes of Alias Volume 1 that we did for Paper Keg. And the Black Hood kicks off the Dark Circle imprint with a comic about a police officer who, in Philadelphia, of all places, so it's a, you know, a little bit homey for us in the Philadelphia area. And it's really Philadelphia, like there's screen, there's the artwork, um, shows definite Philadelphia landmarks in it. And he is a police officer who gets into a little shootout near a school that he's the first to report on and he inadvertently takes down this vigilante type character that was in a in a tussle with some gang members and what it's what what it sounds like is this vigilante had some fans and some not so and some opponents of what he was doing so this police officer is definitely the hero of the situation but he got pretty messed up in the fight and in the ensuing recovery, he has a bit of psychological damage because of this pedestal he was put up on that he kind of doesn't know if he belongs there or not, as well as a prescription for painkillers. Jonesy would be very familiar mm, I just checked with on what a couple I'm about to get into. Um, and he, he kind of gets hooked on those and his views, and, his, and he's out of work. He's not quite a police officer for a while and he becomes by the end of the book the replacement black hood and the book doesn't hold back it's very adult it's not crazy you know like crossed or anything like that but it's got language it's got something you would read in a you know in a crime in a crime book, but I don't know. I liked. I really liked it. I like where it's going. I like the the energy it has behind it. I like the energy that Dark Circle Comics has behind it. You like dark energy. You're always talking about I, I just do- dark energy. You feed on it. Five hour dark energy is something you drink. I I like it so much. I want to keep it in my basement, chained up, 
<laughs> and I'll barely feed it so I could stretch out its skin. <laughs> I, uh, isn't you know me? Isn't uh, Dwayne uh, from our neck of the woods, like the Willow Grove area? Yeah, he's uh, Pennsylvania. I do believe. Yeah, he lives in Philadelphia somewhere now. Do you know his address? Is that where you're? Did I just stop you from? Well, you're outside. Did you just, just say kick like him, him back into the well? Let's just say I like him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, and, I, uh, I also read. Uh, I, I thought this was true crime meets quasi superhero. I mean, fantastic first issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. I like the art. Seemed to really really work with it. The the at times the Philadelphian backgrounds were a little too. It looked a little too like they pulled a picture off the internet, and Michael Gatos maybe just like inked over a picture of City Hall, like it looked too perfect. In but I mean that's just a feature. That's just an observation, and they they want to prominently feature the city of Philadelphia in the book, like it's going to be yeah, it felt a like character in it. If it did, and I was just about to say, it felt like its own character. I mean, they were drinking Yingling mm-hmm. beer at oh, a yeah, fishtown right. bar, you know. I wouldn't be welcome there for fear of death, but I'm glad they had the yeah. the cojones to walk in. Well, this guy's a cop, you know. You know, if you want to talk about Philadelphia bars, March 28th, mm, something could be happening. Make sure you have sent a calendar invite to your spouse to let them know that you want to keep that night open. I'm just saying. I may have been challenged by a friend of the show via direct message that wow, they did really? they didn't wow. want me to be the last host standing. Uh, without feeling cold concrete. Can you reveal who that was? Can we get an idea? I mean, let's just say their Twitter handle reminds me of a Gotham City central figure. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, let's all sit and think for 10 minutes. With it's Bex. It's Bex Gordo. Let's get okay? back to the it's dead Be- air. It's at Bex that's, that's what people want. <laughs> all right. So, uh, that's what people want. All right, guys, we don't have a lot of time here. Uh, Slim, you also had a couple books to read. Why don't you talk about one of those? I do. I Jonesy, you know, as as we all know, this is the Jonesy Loves Beer show tonight. Please, he picked the books for us. He's doing an amazing job. I'm out of a job, is what it comes down to. <laughs> and Jonesy picked books that I feel like he had some kind of turn style. Maybe he flipped his laptop screen around and then just put his finger down and picked a book. <laughs> yeah. That's why he probably looks like this on the YouTube video right now. It's yeah, like, he, 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 he damaged his camera. I may, I may, may still be spinning, is what you're saying? That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Uh, Salvagers. I felt, book. I felt like I swung and a miss with this one for you, son. Let's talk about it. Salvagers, uh, I do believe, is a, is a submit book. It's creator-owned, John. Um, it's the future. You're in space. You know, there's, there's, there's peace. It's peacetime. The galactic war has ended. And... There are some trade ships. You're, you know, you're sharing spices. I assume people share spices in the, in the future because that's what I'm familiar with. Animal husbandry is big post galactic war. Oh man, as I should hope. So um, after you know, sometimes ra- pirates raid these ships and they just leave them kind of drifting around. I think they're called wrecks, some such. So these these salvagers are this group of people that go in and see what the heck is left in these abandoned ships. And this story opens with the team going to investigate one of these abandoned ships, and they find some robot dogs guarding something, and this robot comes out of nowhere and helps them um, 
and actually says that these robots are protecting me. And the book ends with kind of a bunch of uh, dark robots uh, about to assault these salvagers. I was actually surprised, Jonesy. I actually did enjoy this first issue. Um, I, I actually wasn't expecting it, to be honest. I, I didn't even know what this was. Um, I was just I thinking robots with your Pluto. Right. You know, your recent yeah, Pluto I, reading. I, I was like, maybe this will be up his alley because he doesn't like sci-fi. But yeah. The, the Pluto uh, parallels are obvious now that you mention it. So I actually did, I, I did enjoy it. Um, and I think we'll, the other book that you picked will be my lightning round, which is Curb Stomp. But uh, I, was, I was surprised. I did enjoy it, Jonesy. So. Man, I, I think last time I did this, you guys were upset visibly with the books I chose. So I'm happy that this <laughs> you time... Don't even, you don't even remember what books you chose last uh, time. I remember I was forced into reading uh, you Lock read, and Key, finally. Yeah, you read Stephen King's... Um, uh, Dark Tower, The Gunslinger uh, Born. And uh, Dale, oh, you read yeah. um, the one where they have sex with minerals. And, That's uh, right. Love is That's real. That's why I had to read that book. Yeah. yeah see, I remember. As speaking of animal husbandry. <laughs> <laughs> He's back, folks. Uh, so I took the easy way out. Shocker. Uh, Daredevil. This, this week I read uh, Batman issue 39. Oh, yes. Mm. Uh, you know... I don't care that you guys pickle me for for following one series on the show because the maestro has his viola up to his shoulder and is just playing beautiful music for us to enjoy. Uh, Some life-changing events happen to a pretty major character in Bruce's life. Uh, He comes no closer to saving the entire city and pretty much he has to go to his deepest, darkest depths and totally cross the line in order to get the help that he needs to stop the Joker. And this issue leaves us on a big cliffhanger of him about to strike his one last best hope at saving the city. I mean, this could be the next Bat- solo Batman film, I think. It could be Quarter of the Owls or... This Joker story. I mean, it's fan effing tastic. I, I feel like the last issue, which is the next or the last issue of Endgame, has to be oversized. There's just uh, there's I, too I, many I loose ends to tie yeah. up in twenty four pages or twenty. My worry pages. is they're just going to leave some of those dangling. Unfortunately, I, I think it's going to go the final ep- issue episode or final issue is Endgame six, and then we're going to get you know an oversized epilogue or something like that. Well, I think Convergence starts soon. So I wonder if mm-hmm. this is the yeah. last issue before Convergence and then they'll just be off for how... I don't know. Actually, I have no idea how Convergence is going to run. I don't know if Batman's going to continue while it happens. No, I, I don't think it not. continues. It does or doesn't? I don't think it does not. Mm. I, I think it does not. Yeah, I don't think it does not. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. So I, translate I do not not yeah, think... Dale the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dale the illiterate can't speak... <laughs> Keeping people chained in his basement. <laughs> in his real life, actually, did exist panic room. Now, what did you think? I did think that, um, like, the stuff with Alfred was cool. Mm-hmm. And I was glad it happened. Like, something is happening. I just hope that that's not the only thing. Why are, we not that? Spo- why are we not spoiling it? That? Right now? Okay, that all right. Spoilers. Fun. Joker gets to the Batcave. He, he, you know, he's wearing his little adorable scuba gear. And he's walking around the Batcave, so it's 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 probable that he actually did get to the Batcave 
in the last storyline. And death right, of the family. Death of the family. And he he just chose not to tell him oh, that he was there. So he was just man. messing with his head. Because I think he like he moves you see one of his cards again in the Batcave. I don't know if he maybe Batman had that as a prop like lit up somewhere. So Joker's just like walk prancing around, seeing all his like trophy cases and Alfred is has a shotgun. It just feels like Alfred's only weapon is ever just a sawed off shotgun. <laughs> mm-hmm. He should have some kind of laser machine that he could eradicate anyone I mean, with. there's no, no extra suit of batman beyond armor that can he could yeah. just jump into a la iron man 3 i mean or the giant penny just tip that over on top of joker and the the issue ends so joker um he he shoots at joker from behind so like the shotgun shell shards like tear off part of his ear and I'm not I'm not sure why Jonesy, but Joker's face is kind of a little bit mangled. Is that from Gordon? Yeah, I think that's him. His like uh, element slowly mm. knitting himself back together. Now, okay. my one big fear is that what happens to Alfred will be restored because of the Joker healing factor B plot. I don't know. So I mean, that'll be interesting I to see. I, I think it will. I think it will stick. You know, it's I'm like hoping. Rick Grimes. It's a Rick Grimes moment. If anyone wants to Spoiler. read into that. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's a cool, a really cool homage to the 1989 Batman movie at the end that the oh, issue wow. ends with. Yeah. It, it 200 balloons very... started playing? No, the but there was a great parade up. scene. Part of me. Also, Jonesy, did you catch... I didn't catch it, and I asked inside the office when Batman goes to the Owls and he meets this this old character. Mm-hmm. Was that character alluded to in the original Court of Owls? Because that's what it was told to me, because I didn't get it. Yeah, I I kind of put that together from um, context more than memory. But I do remember him chasing out after like an ancient talent, and maybe that's the first time we're seeing him. And I thought it was great that he was like kind of during the fight like did you see the pale man was the pale man alive because you're my only point of reference from back then and just as we're about to get the answer cuts so you, you think know you did see the pale man no I, I i once again i'm sticking to the fact that penny two is corrupted and she's just this is just a breadcrumb trail to throw batman off his game that joker is somehow immortal you mean her uh, Google search of every photo ever in Gotham is not accurate. No. I mean, what are the chances that, first of all, all those pictures exist for her to Google, and two, that the Joker just happens to be hanging around the scene of the crime he committed, sees someone taking a picture and says, let me get in it for future posterity for a master plan? That's just too convenient, even for a comic book. Hmm. Hmm. All right, first. we are running wow. out of our proverbial tape. I think my favorite part of the show is that this could be the shortest show ever. Um, I'm trying to just ramp it up. I I love it. I'm so nervous. I'm trying to get it up and get it down, if you know what I'm saying. Dale is furious. I woke him up, and now i got to put him to sleep. All right. So, the favorite segment of the show, The Lightning Round. Two sentences or less, books you read this week. Dale. I read... Spider Gwen number one. The art and colors on this book make me weep with joy. Uh, 
I'm afraid for the lynch mob to show up at my house, but I kind of feel like I was missing something somewhere. I didn't quite catch on to the story like I felt I should have. I'm a dead man. Head into your panic room now. (laughs) Curb stomp number one. Female street gang. Someone's face actually gets curb stomped. Not for me. Lightning feminist here, folks. Still a feminist after reading. Don't worry. (laughs) Thor Annual by CM Punk. Far-flung future Thor, the All-Father, may be the last best hope for Thor fans. What an incredible character. Great book. All right. Elaborate, please, after after the show. (laughs) Sure. So, we all made a tremendous mistake some five odd years ago when we sat down to create the Paper Keg podcast. Uh, The first was having me as a host, and the second was some minor audio kerfuffle that we have been adamant about correcting. And now 190-odd episodes later, we are laying it down back to tape, washing out the past, much like the lead character in this collection, uh, called Underboss, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleve, the two creators that captured a, a generation and my heart. Uh, Dale, why don't you tell us what Underboss is about? <laughs> this is, are we going to have to do this show again in 192 more episodes because I screwed up the synopsis? I mean, you had to think that I wouldn't synopsize if I'm hosting, right? I thought, to be honest, I thought you were going to throw it to me. But Dale, I mean, you're you're obviously always prepared uh, <laughs> for a synopsis when called up. So you know, <sighs> Dale, if you'd like to, to, if you want me to take you off the chopping block and and lob it over to Slim, I will take this. Let me take this burden from you. This can be this could be collaborative if you see me slipping up. I mean, we're a team because nobody have each other ever back. stops me to correct me during my synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just we'll just tr- tell you you were wrong after. Just the let fact. me prattle on. But, but but much like but much like the backs we're going to have each other's of in the destiny we'll be playing in a little bit. Uh, we'll check it. We'll we'll do this together if need be. Daredevil underboss. Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleve, and you have your Matt Murdock as your daredevil, and his arch nemesis, Kingpin, runs the majority of the crime crime families in New York City. And as a favor, the Kingpin brings in a uh, an associate's son. This associate operates out of Chicago, and the uh, the associate, Mister Silk, I guess he would be called, 
wants Kingpin to take his son under his wing over in, in NYC. So almost immediately, Mr. Silk, the son, is there, and he he starts to sort of cast doubt in the made men in Kingpin's crime syndicate. He starts to cast aspersions about how Kingpin is really doing as a mob boss. Kingpin is blind at this point. He became blinded somehow. And he's made some questionable decisions. And Mr. Silk, with his uh, coming to NYC, has a favor in his heart and his mind from his father. He wants to ask the Kingpin to take out a lawyer in New York that's really putting a hurting on his father's business interests in this corporation that Matt Murdock is fighting in court. Well, as soon as uh, the Kingpin seems to be fine with, he's, he, he would take a, a lawyer to task to mess up a trial until he finds out it's Matt Murdock because Daredevil and Kingpin have this mutual respect as arch arch nemesis with each other that Kingpin says no nobody touches Matt Murdock because Matt Kingpin is one of the few who knows that Matt Murdock is Daredevil and that's if if anybody's going to bring him down it's going to be Kingpin for his own reasons so Mr. Silk starts really questioning that and in the picture comes Kingpin's son who was oft neglected. He's very bitter about his upbringing. He, he's had the world handed to him on the platter, but it wasn't enough because he needed his father's love. And he basically reveals to Mr. Silk that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. And the ensuing chaos spe- uh, stems on from there. The, uh, the, the boys gather Kingpin around and basically try to kill him gang style with a bunch of knives, very ceremonial, with a monologue hailing Julius Caesar during his assassination when he was brought down with knives. And uh, it's Mr. Silk's attempt at taking over the family. He's got a lot of people on board, a lot of the families, because he's going to lower their cuts to the family. He's going to lower their cuts as, as payment to Silk's new family and um, he hires a bunch of pine riding B-list hitmen to just make Matt Murdock's life a living hell and what you have there is uh, Daredevil fighting back not so easy it's it? not I feel like I've been talking <laughs> for 20 minutes and everybody's just sleeping over there. <laughs> I think that's about it. I mean, Kingpin's wife makes an appearance, King, the Kingpin's widow, as it were. Mm-hmm. Kingpin is alive, but he is shipped off to the Swiss Alps. He's barely alive. And it's, uh, I could go right into the fact that reading this again, I basically forgot everything that this, what the story was about, and I loved it reading it a second time. Brian Michael Bendis is king to me and die in the dialogue that he writes the characters that he writes i like him i like this daredevil and yeah, there's just something about Malieve's artwork 
like e- even if it's just Matt in a trench coat with his like cane out and the only color on the page is his sunglasses, you know, like that dim red or anytime Daredevil is on the page, he's larger than life. He is the color splash in his red suit. I mean, I think the art tells the story just as much as uh, Bendy does. Yeah. It, I mean, and, and Daredevil's just so iconic when Maleev draws him and and obviously yeah. whoever colors him too. Yeah, I think Maleev's versions of Daredevil are like my my go-to visions of Daredevil. Yeah, like yes, his, absolutely. His, his uh, pose of like standing up, back totally upright and his head going down and half his head being shadowed over, that's just like my... Daredevil. That's, those are the Daredevils I, I read growing up. So I have like all these single issues in my long box, like that whole Daredevil run. But his stuff in this and that series is so amazing. I mean, even I think towards the end he drew that uh, Daredevil on the throne. Oh, Matt that Murdock. might be one of my top ten. Oh, covers of all time. Grief. Good so Lord. many of those covers are amazing. He's like slumped down in this in the chair. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I loved reading. It's just kind of like a fresh take. It's not even a fresh take. It's just a different take than we've had on Daredevil for the past two or three years with Mark Wade. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say Mark Wade's run is bad. It's not. It's amazing. But I love seeing the, the long soliloquy of Matt Murdock at the end of trial in that first issue and him winning him winning this huge decision. Like, whoa, this is crazy. I haven't seen Matt Murdock like, win a big case in I don't remember how long. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's getting like kicked out of New York and off to San Francisco. But it's, you know, it was, it was great. It's it still held up for me. And I usually hate when they they give, like, these characters these long speeches. And, like, no one ever really talks like that. Like, no character is just going to sit there and talk in the, in like, like um, Silk did in the beginning of the issue. But it just felt good. It still felt like, you know, very well written enough to where I can pass it off. And even so, like the Kingpin character, you can tell like if I was a Kingpin, I'd be getting really annoyed right now that I have to listen to this jerk, this Jay off talk about, you know, the Caesar and all this other junk. Yeah, like if I was Kingpin, I'd be starting to get real nervous in that conversation. And obviously you should have been. Maliv draws people yelling in a way that conveys the fact that they are the most peed off that they could possibly be at any given moment. Just their facial expression, expression. The way their teeth are all like every single tooth is mad at you in the panel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. I uh, I also loved that this was kind of, I guess, Bendy's tongue-in-cheek plot that kind of has always been there in Daredevil that kind of everybody knows who Daredevil is. I think, uh, I think previously in previous runs, and I don't know if it was even in Guardian Devil, but there was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek moment where like nobody can trade on your identity because everybody knows it and nobody really cares that you're Daredevil. So Bendy <laughs> kind of took that kind of farce that's been around for a while and, and kind of spun it on its head. And he got, I mean, outing Matt Murdock as Daredevil, not only does everybody use that now, you know, as this character's life is that... He's Daredevil and Matt Murdock, and everybody knows that's the life he leads now, almost for, I guess, the last 10 years because of Bendis. But he he himself got, what, 60 issues out of what, what's essentially that one statement, Matt Murdock is Daredevil, and he got a 
a couple years of comics out of it. I mean, wow. I don't I don't know if that could even still happen today in today's, you know, social media climate. Like could you hold on to one idea for a couple years in a book? And remember too, they they did that then, intro I mean, page to the Daredevil series and it was always like the secret is out that was always like yeah. the first sentence of that intro i was like god it's the same first sentence every month. <laughs> i'm so tired of it but i mean i don't i would t- not to sidetrack but other than bendis i don't know who could be able to do it i guess i guess nobody does it like i mean um he still kind of does snyder it snyder capullo yeah but yeah, but I was going to say other than Bendis because he still does it now. I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man, all new X-Men, all new. Yeah, I mean, he was on Avengers for a long, long, long time. I mean, the young X-Men have been battling Shield for four years. <laughs> I mean, they're at home base and Shield touches down cliffhanger issue that happens once every three weeks in that title. Uh, the so intern pants, uh, Matt Double H, just uh, tweeted us that. Uh, uh, lost it that quick, and not only is the human race against the mutants, Shield has a uh, you know it's, it, it, there's that secret is revealed every third issue too. Shield has means of fighting mutants. That's right, Shield, and then Maria Hill comes down. We need to talk, yeah. X Men. <laughs> See you next month, everybody. Matt Hollingsworth, the colorist for this run. Sorry to interrupt. That oh, was yeah. pretty great. The the fact that most of the story was. Daredevil versus random villain of the week, and mm-hmm. then Silk versus Kingpin, and that whole drama like like running parallel to each other. Now there was some intersecting because Daredevil is trying to get to the bottom of why he was being attacked as Matt Murdock. But the fact that they were there was just so much story to mine from that idea, and and the silent issue just. Phew, there's yeah. a silent issue in this, which I love not know. the enough said challenge where the writer gets to write no dialogue. All the exhibition is in the art. Uh, and that was a, a great, that might be the best issue in this set. I feel Definitely. bad for saying it. Yeah. But probably the best issue in this run was the enough said issue. And that's, the, that's super hard to do. Like oh, planning out that fight scene over. 20 pages, multiple fight scenes, and making it, you know, flow correctly, that's very difficult. Yeah. I and nailed it. The, the synergy that had to be going on between these two to get, I, and I don't think there's ever an issue of this run that was ever felt like filler to me and never felt like I need to stretch this out for the trade. I think every issue had some punch to it and added just something more to make this, the run overall great. And it's, I don't know that I see that enough. Like, the Batman run, I, I would say, is pretty close. Uh, Wade's Daredevil, of course, but, and maybe Slot's Spider-Man? I mean, am I missing a Titanic run that's out there right now? Well, you love Hickman on Avengers. Uh, I All those Avengers books. I had to send back my organic chemistry textbook because I could just not figure out what the F is going on with the Avengers right now. How great was the issue where the wife uh, oh, man. travels back? And then there's just that one page where she hears the news and then her, her, her head is the same in all the panels of how far she's traveled and the different scenarios to get her to New York. I thought that was amazing. And she's just totally like on point. She's she's got a she's just totally stepped up. Her attitude is so stone cold that 
she is ready to be kingpin because yeah. that's she knows that she, that's what she's got to do to if for her husband's honor. It, oh God, Bendy writes her so well that in the confrontation between like his consigliere and Vanessa, once she's like, you know, tell me was my son involved? I was like, oh, oh. Sh- don't tell him, don't tell her, don't tell her. You right. just don't do it. Like it got me excited that I was in the story that I was like, you better not do it, even though I know it was going to happen. I've already read this, but. Even then, that the writing is so good, it takes me back to that place where it feels so fresh. I almost felt like empathy towards Kingpin in this entire book, even though you know we've read Born Again and we've known all the garbage he's done to Matt Murdock, Daredevil. But you feel like sorry for him, and you feel I felt comfortable about like it wasn't a friendship, but it was like that respect that. Yeah, um, was very obvious in this trade that you know he wouldn't do anything to Daredevil, and I I kind of I don't like what happened, Jones. Did you remember what caused the blindness? I of Kingpin. I, I want th- I think he was the one that corrupted Echo, the previous um, the deaf superhero. Started out as a kind of like a hit person to go after Daredevil. She was kind of corrupted into thinking that he had done something or he caused. Uh, her trauma and I think in that adventure he loses his sight hmm. not 100% sure uh, Matt Double H if you're out there correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. uh, but I think one of the better scenes is when Silk is like this guy has cost us millions we know where he sleeps and we haven't killed him yet and uh, Kingpin's first thing is you better be careful because you're playing out of your depth like yes. he is at yes. a league that you can't match, so you better back your ass down. And I'm giving you a friendly warning first, and right? Because it, I because I owe somebody something, so I'm not. I wouldn't just kill you right now, like I would anybody right. else. I mean, that's and I think we're going to see this relationship in the Daredevil series launching April 10th on Netflix. So I'm pretty excited that at least some of this will be influenced by Bendis' run, you know, kind of like my Daredevil. And it's, and it's amazing because it comes, but because it comes full circle like that, him, Kingpin planting the seed there, basically implying that the, this kid is way out of his depth, comes full circle because at the end, when Kingpin's wife is in charge and has all the captains of the family murdered, like Mr. Silk is terrified. He is ca- he's like he's on the run because he knows he's a, a target. He's calling his dad, begging his dad for him to come back home and then it comes out of the woodwork that his dad kind of needed to unload this kid too because he's a bit of an idiot and he was better off, you know, not out out of his hair basically and he doesn't care who he unloaded this kid to. So this kid is like whimpering in the final pages of the arc. He just wants, he, he turns himself in to the police because it's a safer place to spend the night in jail, in solitary or, or whatever than yeah, it was to be out and about. I thought it was crazy too, and it makes sense, but Kingpin knows uh, Matt Murdock is Daredevil, and like his entire team knows now, but they have that respect and loyalty to Kingpin that they're not going to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the whole, everyone, that card scene when they're all playing everyone knows that matt murdoch is daredevil it's like a assumed obvious thing 
but when someone asks them about it, it's just like a non-issue. Yeah, yeah it's not like don't talk it. about this. You know, it's uh, and I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't talk about the entire run, try to focus on Underboss, but there is a great moment related to that. Uh, the next issue after this final one, you know, the two FBI agents are trying to pitch, <clears throat> excuse me, to their chief, like we have this huge thing. We have a costume, visual and his identity. We should go after it. This would be a huge collar. It'll make our careers. And the guy is pretty much like, bury it. This guy has saved <laughs> more people than you ever will in your career. And we're not going to take him down because he still needs to be out there and doing what he does. And that's kind of like a direct counterpoint to the kingpin hush respect loyalty that he has. And law enforcement respects him for the fact that they know their hands are tied. So he's he's putting himself in jeopardy every day without the help of, you know, bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. That's a, so, that's a, so how does it how does it continue? I can't remember, Jonesy. No, so where does it go from the cops saying don't do it to they, it being in the papers? They get told to bury it and one of the cops um is having like money trouble at home and his marriage is going badly. So he sells the information to I don't know it's the Bugle or some tabloid. He sells that tip to them and they out it without fact checking. And of course there's a great scene the two issues further can't, where can't bugle. No, I don't think it was the bugle. Where he's laying in bed and he's like, Before I open my eyes, I know. I hear it. People you know, paper voice yelling at it on the corner stand. I hear it in the phone wire. I hear it over cell messages. They know. They all know. Oh man. And then the next screen or the next panel cuts to like his brownstone being mobbed by reporters. It's I mean, this run, I mean, I could gush. We could have a whole four-hour episode where I just talk about each issue individually. Jonesy, maybe you should do a podcast where you just talk about <laughs> storylines in Daredevil <laughs> and just go each episode. Didn't we have a, a pitch one. for that on the can where I'm in my own bathroom <laughs> reading each issue for for every episode? <laughs> you know what else I love, too, that Marvel doesn't do anymore was they renumbered this Daredevil series when Kevin Smith did it with a new number one. But eventually they started doing, like, they included the legacy numbering on the cover, too. Yeah. So, so this was, like, 27, but also underneath and, like, smaller numbering would be, like, 463. I love that. Yeah. Love yeah, that. Yeah. I, I like that they did that for a lot of their books back then. It was great. I uh, bring it back. Especially, uh, oh, crap, I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> Never mind. But, um, yeah. Daredevil. We almost did. We almost, we considered doing an S-ton of Bendy Daredevil instead of just Underboss. The but Ultimate Collection. Yeah. yeah. Volume 1. The Ultimate Collection is like $30. Pages. Oh, man. 400 pages. And, you know, at a certain point, some people think Diablo on Xbox One's more important than the Prestige. No. no. Uh, it would have been, been impossible to finish the, the reading in two days' time, three days impossible that's what what's we're told ourselves is we're slaying orcs <laughs> oh man we were inside three we were inside the dungeon was just giving us the business mm-hmm. so i if i would go out of my way if they would make leather bound masterpiece editions cow skin i would need i would need all of them i don't care if they were a thousand dollars a piece i would need to own oh, my them. word Jeez my word Louise. i mean that's only a fraction of bendy's yearly salary anyway so maybe he could afford According, to donate yeah. to me. 
Jonesy Math rearing its ugly head. So there you have it. Uh, Daredevil Underboss, probably one of the best first volumes of a series ever. Wow. I agree with that too. Not just wow, but. So there you have it. Underboss, potentially one of the best first volumes ever produced. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to, to you. Your letters. Uh, we'll read them live on the air. Uh, if they're any kind of marginal length that I don't have to read because I'm terrible at it. Letters at uh, papertag.com for those folks who need to know that information. <laughs> First letter comes from the friend of the show, at Under an Anchor, on the Twitter. His name is Sean, and he's amazing. Hey, Bibbs, I love when you guys do a movie episode, and that last one was great. I forgot all about the 1989 Punisher movie and was pumped to hear that it was on YouTube in its entirety. I was under the impression that Frank Castle didn't have any powers. This cinematic version, however, seemed to have the power to withstand the blast from a car bomb and walk away unscathed. In fact, within the first eight minutes of the movie, Frank is caught an explosion three times. <laughs> Not even his perfect five o'clock shadow was singed. Don't forget spinning wing nuts with one touch. It's another ability. Oh, oh yeah, that's super, super power, super, super power. <laughs> uh, for as hardcore as Punisher was, him driving a little remote controlled truck was just about the cutest GD thing ever. You know, I really thought this is not in the letter. I thought that would have come came into play again for some reason. Like maybe the truck would drive a bomb. Yeah, they source like it was a useless. They source a lot. They don't ever go back to. Easily my favorite part, followed closely by him threatening to kill the little boy he just saved at the end of the movie. What the f, Frank? Lighten up. Early on, did you guys catch the chief say he didn't want the public thinking there was some guy whacking off, <laughs> whacking off wise guys? <laughs> hi Did that term mean the same thing in 89 as it does in 2015? Anyway, aside from the Yakuza looking like they should have been wearing sombreros, I love this movie. Thanks for reminding me. Whacking off. That uh, must be one of my favorite letters of all time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's see. Great show. Subject line. Well, what do you know? I found another comics podcast. Thanks to a tweet from that A clown, Scotty Young, JKI buy all his covers, I stumbled onto the paper cake backlog, and well, let's just say it's been a pretty great week so far. I started with the Pluto episode and just finished the four part Astonishing X Men book club reviews. Thank God for good Cassidy art. Keep up the good work. And that's from Brad. Brad, don't forget, in justice, we trust. <laughs> Brad, thanks for that uh, letter, man. Remember those four Astonishing X-Men oh, episodes? Man. Those episodes themselves yeah. were astonishing. Yeah, that was, remember, wow, that was crazy that we did that. We just took a whole month and decided to do that. And yeah. we did it on the fly. I think we had yeah. a discussion at the end of the first episode. We're like, look, wouldn't it be much easier for our souls if we just Man. did all four volumes. And we did. We did it. Yeah. We did that it. Been, 
that might have been like a year ago right now because I remember I was in jury duty reading Astonishing X-Men for most of that time. Hmm. Spoilers, sure, I just got you. summoned to jury duty. Oh, oh. It's a sign. Ooh. Next up is uh, from... <laughs> <laughs> Next up is a friend of the from friend of the show at SuperTim82 on the Twitter. Let me take a deep, deep breath to uh I've wanted to write a letter to you chums for quite some time, but seem to always get busy and forget. So next thing. I strapped on my jawbone up, my cocked flyers hat, and my size seven orthopedic <laughs> running shoes and got down to business. Your show is amazing. Like next level awesome comic podcast. Your humor and personalities really shine and make this podcast special. Even though Joel Bonesy is everyone's least favorite host, he's excellent at synopsis and I'm sure is an excellent writer. Doubtful. Sl- Slim's totalitarian attitude towards sound quality and length of the show are signs of a man who strives for perfection. Hmm. I also appreciate a man that values proper use of tape. Waste not, what, waste not, what not, right? If I didn't know better, I think Dale underscore A was the writer on this show. The Silver Fox's recounting of stories is near photographic in detail. I can almost feel the squishing in my underpants. The show on Pluto was great. Professor Scotty Young was a welcome addition to the team and did a fine job dropping knowledge bombs from his studio. Pluto really sounds awesome and I'll have to check it out. Until recently, I have always thought of manga as not my thing. I tried Dragon Ball Z and a few others as a teen, and just didn't get into it. All this hype with Attack on Titan got me to read the first volume of that book, and it was shockingly good. Between that and your show on Pluto, I'll be checking out more in the future. Also, I'd like to mention that At Naminity's Troll Slam on Jonesy in her letter was perhaps the best of all time. She is a licensed <laughs> troll jitsu master. <laughs> I have lots more to say, but I would, I would like everyone to be able to remember a time before this letter. <laughs> Best regards at Super Tim eighty two on uh, the. That was great self troll there, Super Tim. Twitter, he does a uh, he also does a comic book podcast called Comic Year Nerds Unite. Really, and, uh, you guys should check that out when you get hmm. a chance. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, oh. Dale, you were requested to read that next one. Right, I, think. I will. I will do two letters in a row because our pal Charles Forsman Chucky requested Forsman. me to do something. Oh man. In tribute to the host that loves beer. This is about you, Dale. <sighs> to our most favorite of hosts, the third man in line, you explain all the plots, not a detail too fine. Your head shines so bright, <laughs> like a vampiric solar flare. <laughs> but your heart is so warm, and gee damn, look at that hair. <laughs> Iron Fist holds a place at the top of your chart. Only Kari Andrews can draw the map to your heart. So here's to the host who orders two beers. We love you, dear Jonesy. It's you we hold dear. On 192, you're in charge of the polls. Slim and Dale may still mock you. Just don't feed the trolls. Hope you had a good show, Jonesy. Love I you, did. babe. Fantastic show, and the crowning achievement was that letter. It will go down oh, as my babe. favorite letter in Paper Gate history. That was really nice. I I appreciate it. What do you think Chucky Forsman's doing March twenty eighth? I think oh, he's getting man. on a plane and heading to the Philadelphia, the greater Philadelphia area. I don't think he's he needs to get on a plane. I think he's in New York. 
getting on a train. He's in Massachusetts. Getting on I just any motor travel, but uh, hopefully I'm wrong because you guys accuse me of keeping him in my basement because <laughs> I, I mean, know exactly where I, he is. Isn't he really in Cedarville, New Jersey right now? Matt, isn't that the truth, Dale? Isn't it? Gen Z, just look at Jesse just dropping location bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody that's heard us talk about Dino knows already where, where Dale is. Next letter comes in from at very exciting on the Twitter. I had to do it. Uh, listener lightning round. Spider Gwen number one. Jason Latour, Robbie Rodriguez, Rico Renzi. When a fantastic costume design takes an iconic character who died in 1973, not that anyone stays dead in comics, and builds her up to become a huge 21st century pop culture phenomena that is even this jaded veteran of the old bad collector days buying variant covers, one has to ask, does it live up to the hype? For me, yes. A very enjoyable book that I could read to my daughter and get her excited about comics that don't have little ponies in them. Bright colors, sharp lines, and some of that old spidey wit and charm. Not really a lighting round here. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> I hope that was enough digression for you all. I hope Jonesy's still alive. Dale's still elliptically. Slim's back black and white photos aren't fuzzy. And Nimidity comic collection is still growing. Writing from the Longmire production office. You had to. Very exciting. You had to include that, didn't you? I know. Uh, well, I He's don't probably know. sitting at his desk. He's probably sitting at Walt's desk right Listen, now. Listen, that's... Um, He's probably drinking Blanton's bourbon with Lou Diamond Phillips <laughs> as Henry Standing Bear. I think that uh, Very Exciting would love to offer me via direct uh, message a chance to fly out to that set and hobnob as his guest with uh, Katie Sack. I mean, the other people there, too, like Katie Sack. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a, if I may, just for a second, because and because this... Uh, idea we wouldn't do personally anyway. I had an idea for a Longmire podcast. Mm, that, what was the title? The, the the I don't know what the title would be, but it would be related to the theme. Would be like we would be a local radio station in Absaroka County. Mm, it it would be called the Continual Soiree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think? But maybe we have call letters like uh, you know Absaroka's W Soft Rock Station W W A L T. It'd probably be oh easy to get. God. Walt, get, get it? Huh? <laughs> probably get easy to get cast members. I mean, there's that one dude, uh, Ferg. He's retweeting anything kind of Longmire conspiracy Is propaganda. He? Remember when it was Save Longmire? He was like trigger finger yeah. on there. Lou Diamond Phillips does that too. Believe yeah. LDP. It goes by LDP yeah. now. I'm not saying we because there's just no time to do a Longmire exactly. podcast. <laughs> exactly. It's never going to happen. Never. That's why Come I said W-A-L-T. it era. Come on. I mean, W-A-L-T is pretty good call <laughs> letters. Uh, but we digress. Next up is from official show intern Matt H.H. with a listener lightning round. Listener lightning round review. Low. Low numbers one through five. Absolutely stunning artwork combined with Remendo's bleak underwater sci-fi story. Deliver the highest concentration of crazy orgies I've ever seen in a mainstream comic. I presume everything will just work out swell for our heroes in issue six when I six when I read it later, right? Tonight? Question mark. P.S. Fist pump for at Jonesy loves beers. Rockin' the host Mike tonight. Thank you. I I hope I can only live up to uh to Slim's weekly uh 
Wait, as no. I pass no, no. the baton <laughs> and I, from and my I catch it, hand. I catch it, do a spin and hand it right back to you. <laughs> so that that's it, folks. That's the end of the Jonesy era. Uh, hopefully never again. The end? Will you have to <laughs> listen to myself as the host. Uh, Slim will resume uh, next week. Alleged. Uh, he's got the, the, he's rocking the mic, as they say, fist pumping. Mm. Uh, I just want to thank Charles Forsman for that incredible letter. Uh, oh, yeah, nope. by the way, incredible letter writer, and you should go buy his Revenger comic. Oh, Revenger. So Revenger good. number two is out now on uh, mm. Gumroad. You could find, you could find that. It'll probably be in Comixology soon. Fantastic series by Charles Forsman. Revenger. Amazing Chucky. stuff. Chucky Fors. Love the guy. Oily Comics. His Instagram is great too. If you guys want to follow mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. All right, folks. That's uh, all she wrote. Great job, Jonesy. No, nah, it was just okay. Don't don't <laughs> swell my ego on this, Jonesy. I love you. I already have an Jonesy. ego problem. Dragon Fro would send a letter in uh, immediately after we wrote the credits. I knew it. We need to get I think he does that on purpose. He does. He knows. He's watching right now. I'm going to read this real quick, uh, even though it's post. This is probably the fifth week in a row. He sent one after the credits rolled. Hey, fellas. This was coming to you live from my hospital room. All right. You're forgiven, Dragon Fro. Doing okay for the moment. Just have to wait for the meds to do their job. Read Mighty Avengers 1 through 13 today. Really? Lime this book. I think he meant to say love, but he's in a friggin' hospital bed, so cut the guy some slack. Yeah. Now Full let's... of action, great characters, and just the right amount of humor. Think I'll work on Nova tomorrow. Thanks for the well wishes, peeps. Makes me feel better at Hospital Dragon. P.S. Read some Multiversity. Son of a B, Jane Z, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag garbage Morrison. <laughs> uh, I love it when we're on the same page. Son of a B Jane Z man. He's the <laughs> king of throwbacks. He's he's amazing. Get well soon, man. Mighty Avengers is that Bendis's? I think there's only one Mighty Avengers run, right? And that's Bendis. No, there's, uh, there's a few, I think. Mm. I think the Mighty Avengers now is the one. Oh yeah. The like Luke Cage. That's and, right. Yeah. 
the other Bendis' Avengers subgroups. Big show next week. Yeah. Big show. What's on the docket? Big What's on the docket? Tell me now if I should start reading instead of playing Destiny. Well, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't pick the, the book or books, but Parker is written down. Oh. <laughs> so volume one is 141 pages child's play oh yeah volume Swish. two 142 pages oh my god three, i'll have it done by tonight 141 are we doing all four. the parker books I don't, I don't know i think it's just the first two. one hey you guys remember yeah. We did Parker another, Volume we another, 1. We got another podcast recorded after this. You can't just be gallivanting around playing Destiny You shut your pretty mouth. They don't know about that. <laughs> By the time they listen to this, they will. Uh, great show. What else are you guys reading this week? So tell me about the Thor annual. Did uh, I mean, not to... Uh, look, I don't want to have predisposed uh, assumptions... But I'd need to know how CM Punk made out. Did he have a ghost writer? Was did he do this all himself? Uh, no, he. I think he had some support by Aaron because oh, the, it credits okay. him and Aaron as co-writers. Okay, that's win then. It's um, just a win-win all around. Future Thor, though, just a tremendous story. You know, in the last issue, Thor kind of defeats Galactus, and you, did I just go into shuffle mode? And now we're getting another song here. Oh man, I'm uh. Classic, classic rookie Jonesy move. Um, but so he kind of used the uh, Odin power, now the Thor power, to revitalize the husk of the earth. And you know, the flora and the fauna are back, and the oceans are clean, and the skies are clear. But there's no life on the planet. So the Thor sisters, the daughters, um, kind of they're like you know. Thor's birthday is coming up and even though we really don't kind of celebrate that thing he loved Earth and Earth celebrated birthdays so we're going to populate uh, the Earth again so they use like an ancient like the Norn stones or I can't remember what all the weird uh, Asgardian magic but they're able suplexes. to give um, use suplexes to yeah. <laughs> repopulate the Earth that's actually Slim all they're all the, attention. Yeah, Slim is actually asleep. <laughs> My ears perked up when I heard suplex. <laughs> so yeah. they uh, they use a they RKO'd the Nornstones. <laughs> I don't mean, know what I'm saying. <laughs> the Undertaker actually was their creation out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so they repopulate the Earth with, uh, and they're not like they, they don't have souls, but just like the images of animals and these clay um, tributes. I guess is more. Uh, appropriate oh, word that's nice to the earth he left behind he was really touched and he kind of uses the last um of the spell to create uh steve and jane and they're kind of like this tribute to the humanity named after his you know dearest friend so i mean that's that's nice it, it was a really great non-action yeah. thor story and I, and I really and i think all father thor is a fantastic character and and, and it's so great it feels like a different person like mm-hmm. it doesn't just feel like these and thou's at old thor it just feels like a truly different someone who's been through a totally different gamut of adventures and is you know nowhere close to the man he was in you know the avengers era thor so great stuff i really enjoyed it I really feel like i should have bought that then i didn't buy it 
Did CM Punk scare you away? No, I just the five dollars and it's an annual. I usually don't buy annuals, mm-hmm. especially when they're five dollars. <laughs> crazy talk, crazy, absolute crazy talk with your mouth. The words that are coming out of your mouth. You shut your pretty colleagues. mouth. You shut it.